Hey everybody, this is Karami and Cassandra, and this is Too Good to Be True. And this week we are going to be going over the case against LuLaRoe leggings. But before we get started, I just want to read, I keep getting these scam emails, which I know we all get scam emails every single day. And I just think it's so funny that we're now doing this podcast and they seem to have amped up and I keep getting them on like our Instagram for the podcast, scammers sliding into the DMs. That's kind of funny. Trying to sell us like, <laughs> one, one was like, if you, if you sign up with us, we can help get you on the first page of Google. And I was like, I don't think you can really guarantee sure. anybody that. <laughs> And then the other one was like, I work with marketing, with podcasts and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, so I went to his profile, which I'm not gonna buy it anyway, but I still went to his profile. And it's just like all selfies and like, I don't see anything regarding other clients. And I have no idea who this dude is. So I'm like, how how much of a great product can you really be selling me right now? Yeah, if there's nothing business-wise on his page. Yeah, it was weird. I was just like, no, thank you. So, <clears throat> I got this email today. No, sorry, I got it Saturday, it looks like, but I just saw it today. And it reads, Dear friend, <laughs> I am Mr. Hassan Omar Mustafa from West Africa. I have a business deal to share with you in the sum of 10.2 million USD dollars that has been held in our country here in BOA, Bank of Africa, the fund mentioned rightfully belong to through. one of our late client who deposited the money in our bank here ever since he died. Nobody has been able to apply to claim the fund. So I wish that you will come and assume as his foreign business partner. Also note, this business is risk-free, not to be sacred, for doubt it is real. I really thought this had scared at first. I'm glad I slowed myself down. It's even funnier. Not to be sacred. <laughs> Please, my dearest one. Also note that if we succeed in transferring this fund to your wish provided account in your country, it will share it among us in agreement of 60% 40. I believe that after this deal, joy and happiness will be in our faces and families. Please reply to me with your details so we can move on with this great plan, okay? Reply to, and then he gives his email, which I won't do. And then he asks me your full name, your age and sex, your marital status, your country number, your phone new, your occupation, your bank name, your account number. Thanks. Yours brotherly, Mr. Masato Mar Mustafa. First of all, not your friend, not your brother, not your sister, not your anything. And he's, I don't want any of your anything in my faces. <laughs> he's yours brotherly though. Like, He's, don't be sacred. <laughs> it's real. It's real. Sounds so, like it. So yeah, that's the kind of stuff that people get all the time, like every day. And unfortunately, there are some people who do actually fall for that stuff. And would so, give their information out. Oh my goodness, they give out their world to these people. So some things why. just based on this one alone, it's coming from another country already a red flag the amount of errors in it the I amount mean, of grammatical errors and yeah. punctuation i was even reading it kind of weird based on where his punctuation lines up like he's got randomly inserted commas which is why i was pausing awkwardly so those are red flags you can take a look at the person who is sending you the email if you click on their actual name it'll display their email address and if it's not an official email address there's no need to even reply to it. This guy's got a Gmail email. And then the email that he gives me to reply to is completely it's different, different from one. the Gmail one that he sent it from. Of course it is. And nobody is going to give you free money, especially not $10.2 million. And nobody is going to need all of this information from you right off the get-go if they're going to do right. a business deal with you. The whole thing just screams scam. So yeah, that's a bit forward. Yeah. <laughs> at some point in another episode, we will go over kind of different email phishing scams and stuff like that and like what to look out for and how to thoroughly check them. We're not going to do that today. But aside from that, before we jump in, I'll just address a couple of things. We 
did get a little bit more kind of feedback, some interaction. Um, one person sent me in a DM on Instagram and he told me how he pulled up to his bank on Friday to like deposit his check or whatever. I don't know what he was doing, but he said when he pulled up, there was a guy standing at the teller window with his phone pressed up against the glass. And he was like laughing because he remembered us being like, yes. don't show us your phone. Yes. And he's like, I immediately knew he's not supposed to be doing that. People do it all the time, though. It's insane. So crazy. Um, That's so funny. <laughs> I know, right? So we got that. And I just wanted to let everybody know that we are available on a few more platforms now. I'm working on getting us out to like as many as possible, as many as I can find and think of. So we're on um, Google Podcasts now. We're also on Amazon Music. And all of this can be found if you click on our link and you go to our, our main launch page. And it tells you every platform that we're on. And you can pick and choose which one you want to listen to. They also signed us up for something called Listener Support. Which is basically, you can tip us. I want to be very clear that it is not a subscription kind of thing. You can sign up for a monthly payment to us. But it's not a subscription in terms of we're gonna supply any extra content. Right. It's we're not gonna be doing extra episodes that you'll only have access to through a listener support or anything like that. We're not gonna be shipping you like stickers or stuff like that. This is strictly just tips. You know, if you like us, if you like what we're doing, if you support it, if you wanna see us get better equipment, maybe soundproofing, better audio, stuff like that, you know, more time and money to devote to researching feel free we're not gonna ask i i don't care don't tip us if you don't want we're to i'm never gonna to. beg you we're just to tip leaving us. it open if we're we get to, yeah if we get to a point where we have enough listeners where it makes sense then we'll build a patreon and that's right. when we'll actually start to offer extra content for your extra money as it is now this is just a tip jar basically like you see at starbucks but if we ever do in the future move to patreon and start having more personalized content and stuff that you can pay for i'll make that announcement uh i also set us up an instagram i mentioned it's too good to be true pod whole thing is spelled out the way you would normally spell too good to be true and then pod at the end if you want to give us a follow if you do like what you're hearing please subscribe rate and review us and follow us on Instagram where you can comment on our posts and we can get into episode discussions and talk to you about more right. things, even through the DMs. We'll talk to you directly if we see it. And oh, I'm sure Ross will comment. <laughs> oh, Karami is like, I feel like I'm just here. <laughs> I am, I am the only is on top of this stuff. She's really putting in a lot of hard work, and I and I do appreciate that, and I thank her for that. We should all thank her for that. Yeah, because she, but no, honestly, she's really working hard to make this thing, and I feel like I'm just along for the ride. <laughs> no, I mean, you're contributing too, and, and we both watch a documentary together on what we're going to go over tonight and yeah, boy, i mean i wouldn't be doing this alone so the fact that you're even here yeah is great and you do have input and i do appreciate it thank so. you thank you i appreciate you as well yeah i think we're we're equal we're equal players in this maybe balance it out yeah some of <laughs> some things maybe i'm a little bit more you know better at and some things you're better at and it's just we work good together so with all that said We'll actually get into our We're story about to now. Go on a ride. We're doing train. it. Oh, it is a rough train. Oh, <laughs> some of the stuff I found after when I was just reading stuff, I was like, oh, oh my god. god. So anyway, yeah. Um, we're gonna go over Lularoe and this MLM multi-level marketing. Uh, it was founded by Mark Stidham and his wife Deanne Brady Stidham. Uh, it was actually founded in 2012, but incorporated in 2013. Yeah. I feel like I've heard a lot that it actually started in 2013. So I was a little shocked when I was like, wait, well, yeah, through doing some sort of stuff, I kind of saw that it kind of started a little bit before 2013, but it wasn't like official, official. Like, right. It wasn't incorporated. It wasn't. Yeah. They didn't make it into like a business per se. It was just, it's kind of a hobby it was kind of it's like i'm sure you have this in your notes also but like it started like with deanne just selling things out of her vehicle or whatever but what i actually found (laughs) 
found out from doing some more digging was it actually technically started by her trying to make ends meet as a single parent. Oh. And she wanted like nice dresses for her kids or something. And she found someone that was selling these like nice, like fancy, you know, like, like you'd wear for Easter or whatever, you know, nice dresses. And they were selling them, these two gentlemen or whatever, selling them for like 10 bucks or something. And she invited them to her house. Oh, she invited them to her house. Oh, dear. And, um, I'm to how work them, out for you, girl. To help that's them dangerous. sell these dresses. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? Don't do that. Are you for real? Anyway. That's crazy. It is. So the name LuLaRoe was derived from combining the names of their first three granddaughters. A little tidbit I found out. I don't know if you saw I also spell. have that. So first three granddaughters. Their names were Lucy, Lola, and Monroe. Monroe. So we put them together. We get LuLaRoe. So that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I do have that she started, you know, selling her skirts. She started with her maxi skirt parties. And then Mark is the one that talked her into expanding. Mm -hmm. So Deanne was actually, well, is. I mean, she's still alive. So Deanne's Mormon. And Deanne used that, those connections, those connections to really sell this because the Mormon church, I mean, they're very all interconnected. It's a very tight group and they're constantly trying to sell, you know, is it Mormonism? Is that, is that? Yeah, it's called okay. Mormonism. They're trying yeah, to sell Mormonism to non-Mormons. So, and I'm not saying that every Mormon is an excellent salesperson or a scammer because that no. would be completely untrue. But they kind of do have like a little bit more of a set of skills on salesmanship and they do have that and those connections. So the marketing strategy was actually towards family at that point. Um, Udian kind of marketed towards single mothers or married mothers who want to be stay-at-home moms. This is a way to get an income and stay home with your kids and still pay your bills. So that's kind of right. what she was marketing it. In 2014, they were selling skirts and dresses, but in mid 2014, that's when they introduced the, the leggings. leggings. I had actually found out from what I had seen that the way that it sort of started, well, she was having those dumb dress parties. Don't know why she invited those guys over, but that's a, Maybe that's a whole nother like issue. Dresses, okay. It's a whole nother issue. Apparently she did that for 27 years, which I'm sorry is a long time. That's a long time to start this. <laughs> yeah. And then the daughter asked her to make a skirt. And that's how she started in the maxi skirt. So she, she was making them herself and the husband was going out looking for the patterns. I'm not going to lie. I love a good maxi skirt. Like, that is almost the only type of skirt I will wear. Yeah. Because I am a short person. And midi dresses fall weird on me. And I don't like to show a lot of anything. So right. I don't wear mini skirts either. So, like, maxi skirts. Man, she could have got me. She could have got, got me with that. If Yeah. Well, to see what happened was her daughter had asked her to, to make her one. And then she started making them and selling them at those, she was like, at those yeah. rest parties <laughs> where she was selling those other guys' dresses. Nice. So then the leggings evolved. The leggings, I found out that most distributors were purchasing wholesale for about $10.50. And then they were marking them up to selling them for 25 Yeah. So that's where their profit was coming from, which, I mean, do what you got to do. I mean, get your profit. Yeah. In. Yeah. So exactly. In uh, 2015, they had 1,000 or so consultants. By April of 2017, they had blown up at 80,000 consultants. Yeah, ridiculous. Which is nuts. That is a huge amount of growth for two the, years. The growth happened, like, virtually. Overnight. Overnight, yeah. And they reported sales of approximately $1 billion, with a B, in 2016. So, well, see, I had heard that it was $1.4 billion at the end of 2016. At the beginning of 2016, it was 70 million. So that's how much it grew in Damn. one year. 70 million at the beginning of 2016. And then after that, it went to 1.3 billion by the end of the year. That's wow. like- That's insane. Literally insane. And they had started just that, like a little office in California. And once they made that dough in 2016, they expanded into a bigger home office. So I was like, 
Die. And that's what we're trying to do. So <laughs> tip us. No, just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, so the clubs are manufactured in Asian and South American factories via Mind Dyer, I believe it is. It's yeah. a LA-based yeah. company that produces garments for other companies as well. So they're all outsourced. And I'm sorry, but what we saw in the documentary did not look good. It looked awful. They really did. And they were all like, oh, this is great. And I was like, I don't but think not any of those people have been able to go to the bathroom in about seven hours. Yeah, it looked like they were just it was bad. putting them to work, you know? So in 2016, the basic startup for this was in the range of five, five to ten thousand dollars, which is again insane, insane. Yeah. So today it's a little bit more reasonable because guess what? Yes, they, they cut still it, exist. Yeah, they still exist, but they cut the startup by ninety percent. Ninety percent. A startup now <laughs> is four hundred and ninety-nine dollars. Yeah. Which, unless you know you can sell leggings like crazy, please don't do this. Like, yeah. if you are some no. kind of leggings aficionado and you can sell them, <laughs> like, by all no. means, but then yeah. don't do it otherwise. Um, sellers, retailers, consultants, I've seen them called different things. Yeah. But I've consultants are things. recommended to keep at least $20,000 worth of inventory on hand at all times. Crazy. Which is, I don't, I'm sorry, no. So, the way it works is... It's a multi-level marketing, like I said. They recruit individual retailers who then recruit other retailers Tailors. to work under them. Exactly. So when they go through onboarding, they're told to write down 50 names to recruit. Now, this is where the Lorman thing, I think, really That's comes in handy. Because I, I don't know 50 people that I could write down off I the top sure of my head. I sure don't know 50 I people. I know 50 people, but I don't know 50 people who are like, like hell yeah, yeah the yeah. leggings, going to sell them. So yeah. it's not going to happen. So the, the chain kind of goes... Your retailer, then your sponsor, then your trainer, then you become a coach, and then a mentor, mentor. and finally, an ambassador. Once you had the rank of 10 under you, that's when you become a trainer. And apparently, Mm -hmm. you get a watch. I don't know what kind of watch. You get a watch. Okay. It looked pretty ugly, if you ask me. I don't (laughs) care. I didn't see it. I was just like, you know what? I don't even like watches. I don't care. Whatever, Deanne. I don't care. So, uh, the upline. Those are the higher up more top performer people right. a lot of people underneath them and then the little bitty babies on the bottom those your downline right and at first the people that were higher up would make money based on how much product the people underneath bought. bought not but, sold right so say i have cassandra underneath me and cassandra buys 10 pieces i would get commission for all 10 of those pieces but eventually it was changed to where you only got commission off the stuff that they sold. So if Cassandra bought 10 pieces, but Once only they got sold a little bit two, of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> yes. If Cassandra had 10 pieces, but she was only able to sell two, I would only you then only get commission, commission on two. those two pieces. So that's that kind of cut cut it down for people. If you manage to do $12,000 or more for six solid months in a row, you get to go, go on, on the cruise. cruise. You get your startup box and any other boxes you order. You can choose your styles, but you never know the print that you're going to get. So who knows? It might be something that's really cool that everybody wants. It might be complete trash. It's yeah, really, I thought really that ugly. was kind of shitty. Like, okay, you pick the styles you want, and but you get full boxes of each style, but, like, you don't know what patterns you're getting. Right. So you could get something really nice that is easy to sell, or if you get complete garbage garbage (laughs) and that's not fair because that's the things that sell clothing are the style and the pattern people don't buy a nice style dress but it's ugly as sin right they're not gonna do that and then they expected you to like talk it up like it's the greatest thing you've ever seen yeah i mean like and (laughs) i'm i don't have the skill set to do that i know i cannot lie to people like that i would be like looking at this thing and you would see like this ugly like stank face on me and on my face face as well like you know what i don't know what what the hell is this (laughs) so there is something called a a unicorn which is a very rare and unique print that not everybody gets and if you got it Oh my God! You hit the jack. Yeah, you <laughs> won the lottery, baby, because everybody wants this. Uh, apparently, plain black leggings were the thing, and it's yeah like, because they man, mostly, you can buy them for like three dollars at Walmart. At Walmart. Okay, yeah. why are we and they're, why they're just as nice 
quality. I, when I heard that, I was like, I'm gonna use my favorite word here. I was flabbergasted. Flabbergasted. I was like, why are we all like scrounging? All these and, people like, are going nuts like, so bad. Yeah, like, like need to clamoring over each other for the black leggings, and it's like just go to go to the store. Go to the dollar them. store. <laughs> my God. So some of the people that were involved. Brittany Hunter was the first retailer under DM. Yes. And she's still like super duper into it, isn't she? She is the one that is still into it at, to this day. Very much so. Yeah. And then we have Jill Dawn. They actually met before it got big, like in 2012, before they made it into like a big company or whatever. She met Brittany and recruited her. And then... Wasn't Brittany selling the skirts with her? I do believe she did do that before they actually became a... Corporation. Corporation or whatever. Um, before it was like, you know, multi-level marketing. Or you can also find it called direct sales, whatever. Yeah, back when Deanne was still <laughs> just plugging along, trying to sell some skirts. Yeah. So we also have Jill, and I don't know how I'm saying her last name. I want to say it's either dumb or dumb. I don't want to. I don't want to say dumb. <laughs> I don't think that's right. I don't think that's right. I think it's Jill it's Dom. Be like Dom. Maybe. I think it's Dom. Yeah. She joined in 2016, and she borrowed ten thousand dollars from her mom to get started. Her mom actually took money out of her 401k. So Jill actually did make back the ten thousand dollars in sales in her first month, but it didn't quite stay that way. Didn't things right. didn't continue to go well for Jill. Another person, Wendy Rogers, actually made 21000 her first month, but also she fell from grace pretty hard. So another person that was involved was Elijah Tucker, and we love Elijah. Oh, my gosh. We love Elijah so much. Elijah, if you listen to any podcast about LuLaRoe and you want to reach out, like, by all means. Yes. We I would love to talk to him personally. Oh, he so was, would I. He was an exciting person yes, and I, I he see, just had this energy that I was see like, why they were drawn to him yes he is great so because he had a certain type of energy he, that is like next level honestly yeah and, <laughs> and he was recruited while he was at the beach on vacation by Sam Schultz who works with Deanne and Mark and he Sam, actually is Deanne's nephew oh yeah okay there we go <laughs> see that's why we need you see you contribute okay so Sam offered Elijah $100 to wear women's leggings at an event, and Elijah was like, hell yes. And so Elijah went and danced at this convention, and while he was doing that, his mom, Sharon Tucker, was onboarded right then and there. Right then the and there. Like, she just kind of got sucked into oh, how because, exciting it all well, was. Well, you know why? Because they make these people get on stage and do this thing that's called telling their people their why and why they joined the company and why they're there and they made elijah go up on stage and tell his why and he's like i'm doing this for my mom and so that gave them the in they were like mm -hmm. they, okay mrs tucker come they they really appeal to emotions they really appeal they to really other people's emotions so for sure then shortly after that his sister actually became a consultant under sharon so we got the whole family Oh, yeah. We have another survivor, <laughs> Carla Hatfield, who mentioned... Yeah, honestly, that's the, what I would call them survivors. Yeah, right? The, she mentioned the company's toxic positivity. You're only allowed exactly. to post anything positive. You're only allowed to be super excited about the product. And it didn't matter if you actually liked it or supported it or not. You were supposed to only be happy and positive and you're to delete any negative they comments. They literally, like, said if you had anybody else who was under you above you anywhere in the line if they posted anything negative you're to delete it wow see you know what and you shouldn't have to tell people to do that if you have to tell people to do that red flag yeah literally they had like it was part of their um oh my gosh what is that called when they go to the conventions i know what it's called it's, in my it's called going to conventions <laughs> I it's don't know. like they're, um, you know, where they do sort of like training, orientation. But it was like fun for them to be there, you know? I don't know. So while you think about that, I'll continue. There's another lady, her name is Heather Blindly, except it's not 
she goes by Heather Blithely, but she has another last name that's her given last name, which I will not say because she wants to protect her privacy. So she goes by Heather Blithely online. She runs a defector support group on Facebook, which has at least 75,000 members. And these members were sharing how they were going to burn their onboarding boxes because they were so fed up with everything. And Heather had the foresight to, to say, no, just send me your onboarding boxes. Do not burn them. Please send them to me. I would rather collect evidence than see it burn. So she did that. And she also encouraged members to file reports with their state attorney general's office. So Heather's kind of a badass. Like Heather is the one that really spoke up and there's another one that also spoke up and had issues. Um, Christina Hicks, I believe, was her name. And she runs a blog called Mommy Giver. And she was actually getting death threats for having this blog right. denouncing and Lula. Saying Rome. all this bad stuff against Lula. And there was another seller. This is one that I got from my article and not from our documentary, Roberta Blevins. And this is the crazy crazy, crazy, crazy stuff that's going on. She said that Deanne would pressure her top performers to travel to Tijuana to undergo gastric bypass surgery performed by her own doctor. So I also saw this. Especially the girls that would make it to the cruise. She would really pounce on them. They wanted you to give a certain type of appearance. Mm -hmm. By a certain point, like once you were roped in for a while and like you were really like high in the ranks and you were going to all the... um, I just remember what they're called, their leadership events. There you go. You know, they wanted these people to give off a certain appearance. Like, they wanted them to look good. They wanted them to give off the appearance of being wealthy, awesome. Happy. They're making lots of money. Happy, living their best. They all had to be the same person. Like, they, they all had to project the same image. They all had to look perfect, be perfect, be happy, nothing but positivity. Uh, LuLaRoe is the best thing ever. LuLaRoe is my life. I owe my life to them. Like, it's not slick. It's no, insane, no actually. So, eventually, you know, things start. Yeah, so she's, like, re- trying to get these people to go to Tijuana to this doctor that she saw to get a gastric sleeve. That is, like, And insane. that's an intense surgery, and you know. Oh, for real. Which I'm not. My, you don't have to. You don't have to. But if you feel it, Sherry. I, my husband had a gastric sleeve put on couple years ago maybe like over 10 now at this point it's it's a big deal it's like you think it's not but it is it's a big deal and they make you do a bunch of stuff up to that process yeah like and there's only things that you usually have to do to even get to that point in the process so i don't know how these ladies were just going down to tijuana and in the end you know dn was i'm sure getting some kind of kickback that's what I was thinking. Her, I was like, were Deanne and Mark getting some sort of kickbacks from this dog? They had to have been. It had to be that or just like a matter of she was just that like that big of a leader. The people would just do whatever just she said. To like her. It, She must have yeah. had that much influence. That's the word I'm looking for. Influence, yeah. So eventually things start to crumble for LuLaRoe and Deanne. And we have some lawsuits starting. Customers of LuLaRoe actually filed a class action suit due to POS, the point of sale, system incorrectly calculating sales tax. So I had heard of it. Yeah, like it was calculating incorrect sales tax. It was calculating sales tax in states that don't have sales tax. It was right. calculating like, um, oh my gosh, I can't remember what it's called, but they're nexus. Like you have a nexus in one state or another when you're a seller. If you right. don't have a nexus in, in Arizona, then you... There shouldn't be any Arizona sales tax. Right. It depends on where you're physically located. Your nexus is is where you are. So, say in the state of Pennsylvania where we are, we don't have sales tax on clothing, clothing. like basic clothing, like underwear, socks, pants, shirts. Right. We do have on swimsuits because they're not a necessity. You don't really need a swimsuit. So, but like your basic undergarments and your pants and your tops and your shoes, there's no sales tax because we need those items. And that's what our state does. Not all states do that. When I lived in Louisiana, sales tax for everything, period, was like 8%. Right. So at least it was in my area. I know it's higher in others because they have state and local taxes. But um, so they filed for that. They also filed because of poor quality, which we'll also get into. And this resulted in the company receiving an F by the Better Business Bureau by January 2017. But guess what? 
They were back up to a C by May of 2022. Holy shit. Yeah. So. Didn't see that. In <laughs> Holy shit. In April of 2017, the company responded by implementing new return policies, giving distributors 100% of their money back, including this shipping. I did. But by September of the back. same year, they September of the same year, they changed the They changed policy. it again. They took it that down. That's just stipulation. Yeah, and they took it down to only 90% of their money back, and you still had to pay for shipping and handling. Yeah. So. And there was even certain things you couldn't even get your money back for. If it was considered seasonal or, you know, whatever dumb other reason they could come up with to tell you you had to keep it and not get your money back. And basically, like, just ripped off, you know, a bunch of people. A whole They ever. <laughs> and then in January of 2018... This is so sad, and it just makes me so sad to say it, but in January 2018, the company lost their relationship with the National Down Syndrome Society, otherwise known as NDSS. I didn't know I had it. Because a top distributor mocked people with mental disabilities during a live stream Are selling you serious? NDSS wanted Lularo to end their relationship with that distributor because of that event, but they refused to do so. So NDSS their relationship with LuLaRoe. So LuLaRoe wow. kind of fucked around and found out. I guess so. So in December of that same year, 2018, they were also sued by Providence Industries, its main clothing provider. For almost $49 million, Providence claimed that they had not paid their bills for at least seven months. I had heard about that. And then we move on to the big boy class action lawsuit claiming it's pyramid scheme. Right. And the evidence for that, you know, retailers were encouraged to take out loans, open credit cards, borrow money. And are we ready? Sell their breasts. No. Sell their breast milk. <laughs> I also heard that. Yep. Even sell their breast milk for extra money sell to be able to milk. buy into their startup costs. Yeah. So this lawsuit was settled in February 2021. And Lularo was required to pay $4 million in restitution to Washington residents deceived by the company. Now, this was a, a Washington yeah, state lawsuit. $4.75 million they had to pay back. Which is nuts. The, the retailers received merch they couldn't sell, like we said. Some of the prints, I'm telling you people, Google some of the prints. Google some of the prints. Oh, my gosh. They, they're, some of them are hilarious. They even interviewed a designer in the doc that we watched and i cannot remember her name um i also watched a different um docuseries that was a little bit longer and they had a girl who um also was one of the artists that did the prints and she just ripped them apart she was like they put ridiculous demands on them they just wanted more 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 and more they wanted a thousand prints in three days oh yeah and so like they actually almost got sued because a lot of these artists were stealing from other artists online and just editing the and tweaking the print slightly to make it so they wouldn't be like a hundred percent copyright. Do you know what that means? I do know what you mean. Isn't that crazy? That is insane. And I she can speak to that because she does art. And it's so rampant in the art community. Oh yeah. Of people places like she and, and Ally Express, let me tell y'all, they steal, okay? They're not only selling you a bad quality product, but they're stealing our designs. They're going on Instagram, they're going on That's our awful. websites, and they're looking at art that we're doing, and they're thinking, hey, that looks cool, and so they're taking it, and they're putting it on their clothing. There's a girl that I follow on Instagram. Uh, her name is Brett Manning. And she has had her designs stolen numerous times by these companies. And they make these tops and pajama prints and everything. And they sell it and they don't credit her at all. And she gets no royalties. And it's, it's so pathetic. unfair. It's and that's pathetic. It's how she makes her living. You know, yeah. it's completely unfair. And she's such a talented artist. Right. So that's something that they... But, I mean, these, these people that were working for them were just getting desperate. Because they were like... Right putting ridiculously high demands on them yeah and they were taking like they were taking their designs and like 
overlapping, overlapping them. them. Yeah. Like they would have one design that they already did and then they take another design they already did and they would just stick them together and like mash all this stuff together yeah. and be like, oh, it's a new pattern. And like the people would just pick through these thousands of designs and pick what they wanted and they were all horrid. So, oh yeah. Um, by the end, they were just, it was getting out of control with these patterns. Right. And there was also a quality issue. They, LuLaRoe actually left the clothing outside in the rain. We don't know why. Like boxes. Just, yeah, they just left it sit out in the rain and get rained on and get moldy. And then they decided, hey, let's ship them out anyway. Yeah, moldy, so, wet clothes. The, the leggings ended up having holes in them after like just a few hours of wear. Like, oh, yeah. the first time these women Well, I honestly think that a lot of it was the demand was so high and they couldn't keep up with it that they were not making them at the quality that they were in the beginning. If right. you get what I'm saying. Right. Like, they outsourced, you know, and... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, they also alleged that they were told it was full-time pay for 20 hours a week but it was actually more than 40 hours they were working so all these people they working were promised hours. and i can say this with with certainty they were promised because we watched mark say it in the documentary that they would make 60 to seventy-five thousand dollars for 20 hours of work right but when the numbers come out most of the distributors actually only made about $10,000 and worked 40 plus hours, hours a week. Could you imagine whatever job you have now, doing it for 40 hours plus overtime and your entire earnings for the year is $10,000? No, I'd be suing too. Yeah, most of these people were not earning their money from the actual sales that they were garnering, they were earning them from getting other people to sign up under them. And they got these bonuses from every time that they signed people up under them. And that should be another red flag. I'm sorry, but if the yeah. main, the main um, goal of the company is to keep accumulating more and more and more and more people instead of selling more instead and more and selling. more product. Yeah. If if uh, if a company is more worried about having you work for it than it is selling the product, you're the product. Exactly. <laughs> you're the product. You're the person that is making them making them rich the the money and giving them all the things that they want out of life. And then where does that leave you? And well, this no. is where it leaves. A lot <laughs> of them had to file bankruptcy. Yeah. Uh, this lady that lost the $10,000 of her mom's, she had to go and tell her mom that she lost all the money. She had to file bankruptcy. Several others had to file bankruptcy I saw because that. they couldn't claw their way out. Yeah. Since 2016, over 100 of their retailers have claimed bankruptcy is what I saw. And that is so, so sad. That's so sad. Insane. And then on top of that, there was another scandal going on. So, do we remember Sam Schultz? He's the one that recruited Elijah to come dance at the conventions. Well, he scammed a lot of these ladies and other investors out of over $300,000 by getting, to, getting them to invest in a pot farm that never existed. That never existed. It was never real. But from what I gather from the interview that I saw, he was saying he did not realize that he was duped and he didn't realize it wasn't legit. I cannot confirm yeah. or deny that. Right. We, can, we can't really speak for them. We don't know. I'm just saying he was trying to say he's innocent. But, I mean, who knows? Yeah, we so, don't know. like, all I know is that from what I understand, what, what I, this was so funny. What I saw was that, as we know, Deanne's nephew is Sam Schultz. That's, that, that was her nephew. And they, honestly, like, they fired him. This is what I saw. They fired him, and they claimed it was because there were rumors. He was terminated because there were rumors of him dating the consultants. Which, can't confirm or deny that also, but I think there was a lot more to it. I think so. I don't... As to why they let him go. Although, to be honest, <laughs> in the Mormon community, that might be... That might be grounds. I mean, it could be. Especially if they were getting a little 
but I don't know. And then I guess apparently because he had all these connections to all these ladies, he was trying to recruit them into other shoddy businesses. Other schemes. <laughs> other schemes, I guess, if you will. He's scheming. That he was getting himself into after he left the company or was terminated, whatever. <laughs> so the pot farm fun. <laughs> That got him charged with 26 felonies. felonies. And That's a lot. of the 26, 24 were dismissed. And he did plead guilty to charges of communications fraud and theft by deception. And he is paying restitution. restitution. And those two charges can still be dismissed if he complies with all co uh, conditions and pays his restitution. So, I, I don't know. I, that, to me, feels like a slap on the wrist. You know, I don't, Honestly, know, I don't yes. know how much restitution he's paying. I didn't see that. It could be in the millions. Maybe he's screwed. Maybe he's living in a shack and trying to come up with money. I don't know. Oh, no. But Honestly. I'm sorry, $300,000, multiple investors sending people into bankruptcy, and you just have to pay restitution and can get all of your charges dismissed from your record. What? Probably because, well, what kind of privilege do these people have? I don't want to say that because I don't want to be offensive, but like, I guarantee you these people are backed by some higher up people that probably got them off. We're just used to many millions of stolen dollars for secret <laughs> lawyers. That's true. That's true, also. That's true, also. I, I'll tell you what, all the interviews that I saw with Deanne and Mark and their children, because all their children work for them. They're 50 million children. And they have 14 they kids. They have 14 kids. Some were adopted. Some were their actual children that they had and from previous relationships, and then they met each other. Pretty bunch. Yeah. Pretty bunch of scammers. <laughs> Pretty bunch scammers. Yeah. They, they had so many All the children worked in the corporate offices with no experience whatsoever. Did not have a clue what they were doing. Because I saw interviews with people who worked there and they were like, none of them know what they were doing. Not yeah, a clue. That doesn't really They were put in these positions because why? Because their parents wanted to offer. Because it was a very incestuous. <laughs> it was a very incestuous. <laughs> so this guy, who I was it? Know. Was it Rick Ross? I don't on the one documentary, on the one document, he was like, "They, this is a very incestuous setup or something." I and I was know. like, it was "Weird." I'm thinking, sir, I don't think that that you meant that word. I don't think you. I think it was more along the lines of nepotism. Yeah, and, I don't and know. a little less of incest. <laughs> I think he doesn't know what incest means. Well, well maybe that was does. hilarious. I was, I lost it when he said. I that. don't know, but it was funny. That's all I know. And every time that they interviewed Deanne or Mark in any of these interviews that I saw, they would always, like, even when they were being interviewed, like for the um, the cases that were against them and their kids, they would always say, "I do not recall," or. I don't remember or, you know, basically nothing that was going to incriminate them or any, you know, wrongdoing on their part, obviously. Right. They, they had no answers to anything. Or she'd be like, I don't, I don't remember that or I don't think I did that or Yeah, because they, like, they were like, they were asking crazy. her extremely basic questions in that one. And they were like, what year did you get started and what did you do this and when did you do this? And she... I don't know. I don't they know. They legit asked her I don't if, know. She, if her title was co-CEO or something like that. And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, how do you not know? Because she like, doesn't know. But how do you not that know? That is a tactic used in court by, you know, they are protecting their Fifth Amendment. Yeah, I was like, so they're just know? Instead of not answering or anything, they're just saying, I don't know. I don't recall. I have no recollection of that. And honestly, one of the most wild things that I saw from watching the longer docu-series was that once they had these women roped in, they would get their husbands on board and they would be like preaching to them this whole like, oh, push to retire your husbands, get them involved, whatever. <laughs> so that these people were basically reliant on them and indebted to them them basically. and only them and only them because they had no other income 
Could you imagine? They had no other income because they were throwing they were all of your them. eggs into that oh, one basket. Yeah, throwing all your eggs in one basket. They were like, oh, get your husbands involved, get them to join, get them to leave their jobs and help you do this. And then these people basically were screwed in the end because then they're left with what? Nothing, because they weren't they weren't getting the sales that they were promised. And they spent that ridiculous amount of money to onboard. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's insane. And, and it's like, where does that leave them? So, also a little tidbit mm -hmm. that I found out was that they were also preaching some sort of crazy stuff to these people at these leadership meetings like Mark would get up there and start like saying things like from the Mormon scriptures and they'd be like, um, not everyone here's Mormon. You know what I mean? Right. It's a, it's a business, not and, a congregation. And that he was basically comparing himself to the founder of Mormonism, who was Joseph, Joseph Smith. I don't think the Mormons would really take kindly to that. Yeah. And basically like these Two people turned into like people that were idolized by these women. Which is another no no. Which is a whole nother. I mean, you would have to sit back and think to yourself, something's not right here. Do you know what I mean? It was like in that community, they were idolized and known as basically Lularoe celebrities. Do you know what I mean? Quote unquote celebrities. Yeah. And, and just looked up to it in such a disturbing way like honestly it was kind of crazy and a bit, bit like a cult huh? a bit like a cult and even some of these ladies said that to themselves once they sat back and thought about it they were like it's a little bit cultish mm -hmm. so that's i mean that that's kind of how i feel about all mlm at this point you know oh, yeah. you shouldn't have to pay to have a job okay if any job is asking you to buy in no just just say no none of these gigs are really gonna get you millions of dollars right. none of these gigs are really gonna help you be a stay-at-home successful mom making a lot of money i know they all say that they say that's that. their that's their main draw is oh, that yeah. you can stay home make money from your phone work your own hours do right what you want you don't even have to work full time bullshit bullshit because most of these ladies never even from what I understand, we're barely even home. Like, I know there was this one lady, Courtney Harwood. She worked in corporate America, never saw her young children, and wanted a way to make the same, if not more, income. And so she started LuLaRoe, and she worked her way up the ranks pretty quickly. But then they kind of expect you to be working constantly to go to right. all the leadership events where our you're also putting more money in because you and you're pay. still away from your kids you're because away. you're at a leadership conference. You're gone. You're not even home with your kids. You're at these leadership events where they actually had to pay their way. Also, that's insane. It was not paid it, for. <laughs> my, I just, I'm sorry, but my opinion on MLMs is I, they're all a scam. I'm sorry, and you know that's my personal personal opinion. opinion. Yeah, I'm not slandering anybody. I'm not saying right. that such and such is definitely a scam. My personal opinion is that they all are. So don't don't come at me. It, if you don't feel the same way, that's fine. But I feel like they take advantage of women who are just trying to make ends meet me. and oh, stay yeah. around their children a little bit more. And they're just sucking all the life right out of these women. Oh, yeah, exactly. I feel like that's how most of them felt. A lot of the people they interviewed were like, I would take it all back in a second if I could. They, Absolutely. they had many regrets and they were upset with the time that they missed out on, the fact that they put their families into debt, the fact that they the got... shame, just... Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, the shame, the fact that they got their friends and family involved. I know there was one lady that just felt so awful that now she goes around and she tries to help other people that were involved in LuLaRoe get out of it because she feels so bad for the people that she brought into it, you know? 
So that's, we've ruined a lot of people's lives. Let's just say that. Exactly. <laughs> and that's kind of our take on LuLaRoe. Um, I, we hope that you enjoyed it. And if you have anything to add, if you want to talk about it, feel free to email us. Information. Emails in the, sh in the uh, show notes. It's too good to be true pod at outlook.com. We also have an Instagram at too good to be true pod. I don't think I'm at a point where I'm ready to give out my personal Instagram yet, but we might get there. But you can definitely find us on, see how it goes. on Instagram at too good to be true pod. You can email us if you have any suggestions, questions, stories of your own, whether you were scammed, someone you know was scammed. If you're a schemer, if you're a scammer, you want to hit us up and tell us <laughs> what your game is, you do it. And... <laughs> If, if you're also in the banking industry under disguise you and know? you have like some crazy customer stories by all means reach out tell us want to hear them we're going to be super excited when we finally get like our actual first fan email like i've had some dms yeah. from people talk to some people on reddit and that's real cool but like the second we get that first email where somebody actually went out of their way to talk to us like we're going to be so happy so, so please excited. be that person Right. We're, you know, we're really trying to just, you know, put out information that we hope is helpful and just... We're just hoping for the best. Yeah, but, exactly. And remember, if it sounds too good to be true, it, it is. is. the worst system ever why it's so hard to get it out yeah what the hell also it burns the tip of my tongue if i leave it on too long like only the tip though like if i if i'm like hey and i like shove it back further it's fine also this is not going in our cut takes because it's going to sound not good as i'm like if i shove it in my mouth a little further <laughs> that's how it is <laughs> If I just deep throat it a little bit more, it's a little better. It's a little better. It's <laughs> <laughs> a so turd. Weird. Yeah, it does. It looks like. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It. All right. I hope I hope that's enough to be enough. As but Jane not calls too much. It a turtle head popping out. That's what it looks like. <laughs> 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 when you really gotta go. go. <laughs>